Welcome to the Biz Power Hour podcast, where we discuss all things related to your business in sales, marketing, software, and strategy, bringing you the industry-leading experts with uncut and unedited advice, opinions, and actionable takeaways. Sit back and relax. This is the Biz Power Hour, and it begins now. This is Daniel Bushes, and I'd like to welcome you to the next edition of the Business Power Hour. Today, we have Wordsmith, a street artist that's got global acclaim, someone that I deeply respect, I'd like to call as a personal friend, and I am very excited to have on the show. Uh, Wordsmith, would you like to give a brief introduction for anyone who maybe has somehow not heard of you in the past? Sure. Um, and first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Um, and I am the LA-based street artist uh, known as Wordsmith. And uh, basically, I my story is that I am a writer. Um, I'm from the Midwest, uh, currently living in Los Angeles. And I love to write in a lot of different mediums. Um, through the years, uh, I used to work in advertising, uh, then I moved uh, west and I started writing screenplays and short films. I wrote a novel that got published. Uh, I worked in documentary TV and all of that uh, led to this crazy notion of doing street art, which I started doing about seven years ago. Um, and I started doing it for me. Um, I was seeking an active hobby. I was seeking something that energized me and uh, like in, reinvigorated me um, and got me away from sitting in front of the computer. So I started doing it for me and it just completely took off. And seven years later, I do it full time. I get to travel the world and my words are seen and read and shared uh, all over the world. I think it's really inspiring, um, you know, being in the creative field and running a marketing agency, I know that a lot of times you can get burned out, you know, and it's from you're writing copy, you're doing a lot of things for commercial uh, projects and for clients, and sometimes those things might not be your passion. And I love the fact that you've taken um, your expertise from having been in the advertising world and then transform that into a passion that you're now driving into a, a business that you're earning a living from. Um, what was the thing that, you know, kind of got you started? So, you know, obviously being someone that's in the professional business of, of writing copy, screenplays and things like that, what was that inspiration that first got you started to say, I think I want to I, I do street art and I want to share this with the world? Yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy story because uh, you're touching on it. Like for me, it's it's such it's been such a merger of worlds, and it was very much uh, accidental how that happened. Um, I did used to work in advertising. I started off on the account side and make, made the uh, leap to the creative side very early on, and uh, was writing. Um, I was a copywriter. Um, and I was very good at it. Uh, I was being promoted and was making a lot of money. Uh, but uh, one day I just realized I was not happy. Um, I was burned out. Advertising has a tendency to burn out uh, people. You know, it's the dog years of advertising. Um, and I mean, you know, you work one year and it's like working five or seven. Uh, so I, I reached that point where I just realized I wasn't happy. So the, the first part of the story is I quit my job um, and I, I wasn't afraid to 
to do that and to try to reinvent myself and to dive into a pool of unknown. Uh, when I did that, all my friends and family thought I was crazy. You know, I said, Hey, I'm quitting my job. I'm moving, leaving my career and I'm going to move, you know, West to, to, to do creative writing, just to do the kind of writing that I always dreamed about. And it was, it was the smartest thing I did because even when I was struggling, I was so much happier and that's all that mattered to me. And I tried to express that to everybody that, that was concerned, you know what I mean? About, about this, this crazy move. And now years later, um, and I'll talk about this, it's, it's reinventing yourself is such a mantra for me that, that people usually fear change and, and you shouldn't, it's, it's a very healthy, healthy thing to, to just, again, dive in those pools of unknown and try. Um, but as far as my story and, and how this whole thing happened, um, I did, I, I wound up in Los Angeles and I was writing in a lot of different mediums. And that really is the secret to me. And I was finding inspiration, you know what I mean? For these stories and these screenplays and these short films from, from so many different, you know, avenues. It's like, that's what a writer does. They just pull from their experience in their life and their imagination, you know what I mean? And they mix it all up and they, they create um, worlds, you know what I mean? And stories. And that's what I was doing. Um, and the fact that I, I was thriving when I was, when I was doing it in so many different mediums is what really worked for me. Like a lot of people cite um, writer's block, you know what I mean? As, as one of the hurdles in, in this world, in this career, I don't believe in writer's block. I believe in project block. And, and when I say that, it's like, if I'm blocked on something, I'll just shift gears. You know, if I'm working on a screenplay, I'd, I'd shift to a short story or a short film idea I had, or even write some emails. You know what I mean? Like I write very creative emails. So, so anything you can do to keep flexing that creative muscle, um, I just did. And then I went back and it's that, it's that, it's that you come up with great ideas in the shower, um, adage, you know, when you're not thinking about something is when you figure out, um, you know, like what the problem is and that gets you over that hurdle. And, and that's what I was doing. I was, I was just, I was hopping back and forth in a lot of different, uh, mediums. Um, how it led to street art was I mentioned the book that I wrote and it was, it's a fantastic story because I had an idea for a screenplay or, or just a story that I didn't want to write as a screenplay um, because of the, you know, three act structure that's needed in a screenplay. Um, the first part of the story would have been a montage and I didn't want to do that. I wanted you to spend time with this person and see what they were going through before the story really kicks in. So I decided to write it as a novel as a, with a novel. You can, there are no rules. You know what I mean? You make them up as you go along with screenwriting. It, it is a, it is a pretty much a science of it's, it's a very creative science where, but, but things need to happen at a certain, you know, clip for the movie to be moving along. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to do that. I decided to write it as a novel. I never wrote a book before, but I dove into it. And when I dive into something, I, I, I dive in 110%. So that meant that I was writing, you know, four to six to eight hours a day. And, 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 and as I was going, it was even more than that. Like I had a rule that I would break, you know, at five and just, you know, really relax. But then I, I kind of saw, you know, as I was in the process that I was still thinking about it. So those eight hour days turned into 10 and 12 hour days, but I was doing what I loved. Um, and I was writing this book that it has a very happy ending. It did get published. 
However, I was spending so much time in front of the computer doing what I loved, but I was spending so much time in front of the computer that I realized I needed an active hobby. I needed something that got me away from the computer. This is how uh, it it all led to street art. Like I'd always been inspired by street art, uh, especially when I moved to Los Angeles. So I just got this crazy notion to try to do it. Uh, What I'm getting at with all of this um, is that I had this idea. I started doing it for me and it was awesome, but then it was very altruistic and very organic how it started to take off. Um, and that was partially through social media and Instagram was really, you know, blowing up at that time or really just kind of figuring itself out. Um, and, and that was the, an important catalyst for me. And I didn't even realize it cause I just enjoyed Instagram and I just wanted to capture all the pieces that I was doing and take pictures of them and, and have them, you know what I mean? Uh, like a library of them while I was doing this, you know, it, it was the power of Instagram that people started noticing, you know what I mean? They started noticing, um, the name wordsmith and they started taking their own pictures. And I very early on saw this, this, this ripple effect, this butterfly effect that was happening with the work and with the words. Um, however, it was completely accidental. Uh, and, now you look at it, now you look at my feed or, or, or my brand, I'll call it that. Um, and it looks very, you know, smart and sleek and calculated. I'll even use that word. And it wasn't, it was just, it was just the seed of a great idea that because I was, I I was from the world of advertising, it was embedded in me. And because I, you know, saw, you know, great street art out in the world, I knew how it, you know, could look or could be presented. So I, I was emulating that and, and, and striving, you know, just to have some fun in that world. But because of all that, because of, you know, the nature of coming from advertising and understanding, you know, the power of, of words and, and breaking down a thought into, you know, the fewest, most, most, you know, uh, powerful or potent words possible and polishing it and, and making sure it was ready before it was presented was, was part of that, that story. So really early on, I started to see that ripple effect and, and I was kind of taken aback from it. You know, there was, there was just a rise in followers and there was a rise in interaction and people were, you know, you know, asking about, you know, where the work was and if they could, own the work and, and commission the work. And, and I quickly realized, wow, there's something here. This, this seed of an idea just was really taking off. And, and at the heart of it was, was the words, which, which made me happy as a writer. However, you know, there, there very much was a business to it. Like, like I used the word brand. And I remember the first time I said that I go, Oh, I'm very protective of my brand. And I was kind of taken aback because I was realizing at that moment what happened. You know what I mean? Like I, I started doing this project for fun and because of how I'm built, I just, I presented it as in a very, in that very kind of smart and buttoned up way where, where it was a brand, you know what I mean? Even the image of the typewriter that you see in my work, you know what I mean? People have called iconic now. I was just trying to design, you know, a cool looking, looking image, you know what I mean? That I could put my words above and I really lucked into something. I look at that. The typewriter hasn't changed in the last, you know, six years. 
Um, if anything, it's become more simple as you kind of break it down. Like I'm a big proponent of less is more. Yeah, so so know, it evolved a little bit. That's one of the things that I really appreciate for the art that you've you've done and you've curated and then, you know, shared with the world is, you know, looking at it from, at least from my lens of a, a marketer, there is an art and it is a very rare and difficult skill for someone to either naturally have or acquire over time to create a message that's succinct and powerful and then to tie that to an image, I mean, that usually takes a team of people to come together and you've accomplished that in your own work with yourself and your inspiration. And I can appreciate that in the way that you've labeled, uh, you know, and branded yourself and put that all together as a package is, is really impressive. Um, in a world where people are, they're reading less, their attention spans are continuing to shorten and they're looking for moments of delight and inspiration, but they don't want to invest a lot of time in it. Everything that you're doing in your art and where it's being placed in the world is, is speaking to all those things. That all came organically, right? It wasn't like you had this master strategy of putting this together. This is all just coming from inspiration and love that you did that culminated into the brand Wordsmith. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, that, yeah, that's spot on, you know what I mean? Because I, if anything, I was doing it subconsciously, you know what I mean? Um, I think we all see, you know, art, you know what I mean? Whether it's on a, on a wall in a museum or, or in a book or just, just anywhere and we can appreciate it for what it is. I was seeing street art, you know, left and right. And, and, you know, I'm talking the shepherd fairies of the world and, and, you know, just, it was, it was shown how it, it could or should look if you follow me. So, so there was that, that, okay, I'm going to aspire to this. And when I came up with the idea, you know, because of, of coming from an advertising background, you know, I knew how to write the words in a in a succinct way. And and the great thing about that part of the story is I had the patience to to do that because I came from that world where I did see that team of people doing it. My frustration was that we came up with great ideas, but then there were so many so many chefs in the kitchen, so many clients to make happy that great ideas always got watered down and I would get beat up on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And that was part of my unhappiness in the advertising world that I walked away from. The incredible thing about doing street art or, or any kind of creative, you know, endeavor on your own is you are all those chefs. You know what I mean? I have the patience to know I have a good idea, but I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to, I'm going to polish those words. I'm going to figure out how to present it. And then as a street artist, I'm going to figure out where and when to present it. You know, I'm always looking at walls when I'm walking around cities and that even can be the catalyst for an idea. Like if I see, you know, a certain place, you know what I mean, or a building or a certain time of day, I'm, I, I almost can see the piece and it inspires me to, to write a piece or, or vice versa. Like I've carried around pieces for, for months, you know what I mean, before I found the perfect place to put them, but it's having that patience and it's being that, like you said, that team or that tribe of people all in one. The amazing thing about it is that frustration of ideas getting watered down was gone. It was me saying, okay, this is ready. And me believing in the idea and the words and me 
believing in it so much that I took the chance to paint and paste it onto a wall, which is street art is say what you will about it. It's breaking the law. So I felt strongly enough for these messages to put them out there. And then the fact that they were being well-received and people were embracing them so much they, they wanted to seek out the piece and take a picture in front of it or own the piece and have me, you know, commission it or commissioned a piece of it. So they had it in their, in their life and in their home was just absolutely mind blowing. Um, but it does go back to that altruistic um, idea. And, and that continues Seven years later, like I started in 2013 and the secret to wordsmith, the secret to what I do um, that, that I believe in is that I haven't changed um, that process at all. And what Before I'm getting get at is the every- progression of where you've blossomed into as wordsmith and, and a brand that's got recognition from, you know, Richard Branson to celebrities across the world and your, your art showcased in hotels and everything. You know, a lot of people don't realize the struggle and the risk of, of building something. And some of the things that you've alluded to is that you've taken multiple risks along this journey. I mean, you know, you quit uh, a successful high paying job, you, you moved thousands of miles away to a new city, then you got into writing screenplays, which was not your forte. Uh, that was not what you were originally doing. You had success with that. And then you took the risk factor of getting into art. And then even mm-hmm. furthermore, you took the risk of then, you know, street art, for the most forms of it is 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 illegal, right? You're you're out there in the middle of the night, you're you're spraying it on or you're doing whatever to get it out there to the world. So you took not just one risk, but you took a series of risks, arguably getting riskier and riskier uh, as you progressed before Wordsmith actually turned into what it is today. I mean, is that an accurate statement? It definitely is. I mean, street art is is illegal. You know what I mean? It is, you know, uh, spray painting on, on a wall is, is illegal. I think in every city here in Los Angeles, you know, years ago, they, they made spray paint illegal because they thought it was a gateway to gangs. Um, and that sounds like archaic thinking. Um, but, and that, that's the beauty of street art. Like it did go through a Renaissance, um, where it is more and more accepted and, and I've always said that I, I beautify rather than destroy, and I'm putting positive messages messages out there for people, and and they are well received. Um, but it is still illegal. Um, I take a risk every time I do a renegade piece. Um, I have had success, and and uh, um, where I am getting you know sanction walls and commission walls. However, 50% of the work that I do even today, um, and this will be forever, is is renegade is, is breaking the law. Um, but that's because I believe in what I'm doing. Um, and, and I'll continue to take that risk. I, Oh, I said before that, um, if, if, if I get caught, if, if police roll up on me while I'm, while I'm putting a piece up, I'm not going to run. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to tell them exactly what I just said. I think I'm beautifying. I think I'm putting up, you know, positive pieces and this is what I'm trying to do. If they need to do their job, that's fine. You know what I mean? I'm willing to take that risk because I feel like I'm doing my job. And and that's the beauty of 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 street art. And it's not just street art. It's it's any creative idea that you're that you're willing to put in the time and the effort, you know what I mean, with with potentially, you know, 
no payoff at first or maybe ever. Um, that's that's the that's the beauty of 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 creativity. Um, and and it's it's a major um, topic with me. Um, first of all, I think reinventing yourself, as I said before, is very healthy. Taking these risks in life, it's it's that's what it's all about. And and creatively, um, you have to do what you're enjoying. You have to do what you love um, because because you are spending a lot of that time, a lot of that process without you know, reward or potentially ever. So if you're not making yourself happy along the way, you know, you have to get out. But that even goes back to me in the corporate world. Like I was good at what I did, but I was not happy. So I walked away from it and and walked into this life where I was happy. You know what I mean? But that did include all that risk that you mentioned and it continues, you know, to to include that risk. But but I don't think there's any greater, you know, payoff than when you do take a chance on something. I mean the greatest success stories in in the world, in, in the business world, the creative world are are people taking massive risks and and believing in what they do. Um yeah. You know, there's an adage that I love and it's, 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 it's talent plus perseverance equals luck. And there's so much in that statement, you know, talent and perseverance are needed for, for any um, endeavor you undertake. However, there's always that, that, that equation of luck that needs to be involved. You know, for me, I believed in the words that I was doing. I think I had a great idea and I, and I was enjoying what I was doing. So I was very prolific even in the beginning. And I was, that turned into luck. You know what I mean? It turned into luck of being there when Instagram was, was blowing up and, and, you know, there were, there were certain, you know, spikes that happened, you know, like you said, with, with some celebrities that, that um that that took to the to the words and the work and and posted it and continue to post it um but none of it was was contingent on any of those it was just part of the organic process that 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 was me you know what i mean like like what yeah. i've done has been very organic that's actually part of the frustration this is a whole other topic with instagram right now like they took away that organic growth or they're taking it away you know and it frustrates a lot of people and it's still a great tool but it is moving toward you know something that's just not you know what i mean uh I don't know, as organic to use. And, and that's frustrating, but I was there and part of my biz, biggest success was I was there when it was organic and, and, and that's how a lot of that growth happened. Do you run a business generating at least a million dollars in annual revenue and struggle with marketing that fails to produce real results? If so, you're not alone. Many businesses that have broken into the seven digit revenues realize how they used to do their marketing and strategy needs to evolve and they need a partner in growth to accelerate their success. Built by Love is an award-winning marketing agency that works with clients as an extension of their in-house marketing department. You'll appreciate that they lead with strategy first, then do the hard work for you. They have a proprietary marketing formula along with a team of professionals to ensure that you have the right people in the right seats driving you towards your marketing goals. Schedule your free strategic consult today by calling 619-881-0096 and experience an agency that you'll love and results you'll love even more. I definitely 
definitely want to touch on, um, you know, the, the progression of, of your career as wordsmith and, and where it's kind of come to today. Cause it's, it's really interesting, but you, you brought up one thing I want to, I just want to mention quick and to get your feedback because, you know, as you're, you're taking massive risk, whether it's a business venture, you know, in a marketing sense or whatever, or it's something from your personal experience, like with Wordsmith, you're taking risk. And as you're taking risk, there's, there's got to be a point in time where you start to, you know, self-question, am I doing this? Is this making a difference? And really my question to you is like, what is, or what were the turning points where, you notice, hey, this is this is having an impact, and whether that's like, you know, a celebrity that retweeted or or reshared your photo, like, what were those things that said to you, hey, I need to keep going? Um, it's a great question. Um, uh, uh, over over the entire umbrella, I will say that even without the success, like if I had just a couple thousand followers. You know what I mean, and and didn't have the 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 massive success or just the success that I've had. I'd still be doing this. You know what I mean. Maybe I wouldn't be doing it as often or as large of a scale or traveling the world, but I know that I would still be doing it because it makes me so happy. Um, having said that, to answer your question, um, for for in the beginning, you know, I knew I had something when that when that ripple effect started appearing, and it was again back in the day when when um, Instagram was, you know, more of an organic um, um, place and, and it just was in the, the growth of followers and, and the ripple effect of, you know, somebody would repost my picture and I would gain X followers. It was almost like all of their followers were jumping on, you know, my train, you know, because of this, you know, recommendation. And it wasn't always celebrities. Like it was, it was very organic in, 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 it could have been like you, you know what I mean? You discovering me. I mean, we're friends, you know what I mean? So you knew what yeah. I was doing. However, you know, you saw it and, and, and it's, it started, it starts in an amazing way. Like a lot of the thing I do romantic pieces and a lot of the thing was, you know, uh, somebody sharing with their significant other and, and then that person shared with their friends. And it was just, it was, it was incredible to watch, you know what I mean? And, and not that I was seeing it like that, but I knew what was happening because of the, you know, growth where there would be, you know, in the beginning, there would be, you know, 20 followers jumping on a day. And then it was, it was, it was a hundred, you know what I mean? And it just kept moving, you know, at a clip that was just really enjoyable, but it was enjoyable because I was seeing all the words being, being shared. And, and, and that's an amazing thing too. Um, and, and I'll back up to answer your question, but it's amazing for me because, because all those words resonate with something in my life. So the fact that I was believing in them and putting them out there and they were being so received and, and resonating with so many people was just, was just thrilling. So that was part of the, I'm never stopping. You know what I mean? In fact, I'm going to do it more and I'm going to, you know, travel with it. And I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to really have fun with this. Um, I remember but, from but an the, outside lens, uh, at least for me, when Aerosmith on their Instagram, right? I think it was, was it Steven Tyler? It was just Steven Tyler, yeah. There was a and, piece in Runyon Canyon and he he posed in front of it and, and, and put it on his feed. Yeah, I remember when I saw that, I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's, 
that's social proof. That's, that's, you know, that's pretty big. And then like moving forward, I'm sure, you know, you had multiple celebrities and, and notable people in the world that have, you know, global recognition. And then Richard Branson um, from Virgin uh, then uh, shared your art as well. And then I think, right, you, you ultimately ended up doing work for his, uh, his company, right? Yeah. Uh, Richard Branson used a quote of mine, um, and, and I had a contact at Virgin Chicago. They opened up a hotel there, and I came and did uh, pieces in, not even in the hotel. We're still talking about that, but it was in, you know, for their employees, like in the back, you know, in the hallways of their hotel. And Richard Branson uh, retweeted or tweeted uh, uh, one of those pieces, and, and that was incredible. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just... It, that it, it, like like I mean it's Richard Branson it's just great um, but even even another thing that happened for me was I, I said that I loved street art and and I was it was such an inspiration for me I, I got to meet all my heroes you know what I mean and some of those heroes are friends of mine so there was a huge thing happening not in the public eye but but I would go to events and meet meet these these artists that I that I just was inspired by. And I would be like, oh, hi, uh, I'm, I'm Wordsmith, you know what I mean? And, and this was when I started, and they were like, you're a Wordsmith? Holy shit, you get up a lot. And, and they just lifted me up by, you know, my shoulders and made me was, I was like, holy crap, you know what I mean? Uh, my heroes are, are noticing what I'm doing and, and, and loving what I'm doing and supporting what I'm doing. So, so there was a lot of, you know, levels, public eye and background that, that just really made me, I guess, you know, build confidence. Like, like, uh, uh, I'm very modest, but, uh, but, but, uh, I'm a smart guy. Like I started seeing, you know what I mean? That, that things were working, that the words were resonating, that people were enjoying it and it just motivated me to, to be a better artist and to be, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know, just, just to do it more and bigger and on a grander scale. And that continues today. You know what I mean? Any artist wants to evolve. So I'm figuring that out too and, and doing different stuff. And for the as most you part, evolve, the audience is. Yeah. And as ahead. you evolve your, your brand and you continue to, to get out there and do more work, uh, what was the point that you decided you know, this, this needs to be a full-time thing. And then of course the conundrum is always, well, I've got to make money off this. If this is something that I want to do as a passion, I want to do full-time, there has to be some kind of revenue stream to support that. So this is really kind of a, a two-part question. And the first is what did you do to then turn this into something that you could make a living off of? And then secondly, how did you stay true to your roots, right? Because you don't want to commercialize a brand. You have an authentic message. You have an authentic model. So how are you able to marry those two things up to be able to, be able to continue to stay true to the roots, but also earn a living? So to answer the first part of the question, um, it, it wasn't calculated in the beginning, and I and I think I've said that, I said that earlier in this in the in the converse, in our conversation. Like when I started this, I started it for me, um, and I never expected to make a dime. Um, but when people started coming, the first time I realized I had something is when people started coming 
um, a couple months in and asking for commissions and saying, I'd love a canvas. I'd love, uh, I used to, I do pieces on reclaimed wood and glass and metal. And they were like, I'd love a piece. Um, and, and that's when I was like, Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, there, there's something here, you know, if people want, you know, to own the piece and have it in their, in their lives and in their home. Um, first of all, it made me want to be a better artist. Like I learned more about paint and techniques and stencils because I wanted the, the, the piece to look as good as the words were strong. Um, and, and I think in the beginning it was, it was not all about the words. I mean, the image of the typewriter was always there and the, the look and feel of the, of the, of the pieces and the street art was there. However, I, I really was focusing on the words and it made me, you know, just wanted want to, to perfect that idea and, and that look and feel. And again, that's when the typewriter evolved a little bit and I made it, you know, simpler and just, just, it fell into that design that you see to this day. Um, the only thing I did, um, like, like I was doing commissions for a while and I was, I was, there was a revenue stream that I just thought was enjoyable because I'm doing something that I love. So the fact that you make money at anything you're doing, you know, that you love like and are passionate about, that's, that's just absolutely thrilling. I mean, any creative will tell you that. Um, any business person will tell you that if they, if they start their own business and, and it, and it takes off in a major way, that's just, that's just living the dream. Um, I did meet, um, some people early on that were interested in doing prints and shirts. And that interests me because I know with the nature of my work that a lot of my audience can't afford the art on a wall. Um, they can't afford a commission or an installation. So the fact that I do prints allows them to have those, that inspiration in their lives and those words in their lives. So, so I knew I wanted to do prints and um, shirts were a fun idea. And I had uh, people come to me and say, you know, we could do that for you. And I, and I really liked these people. Um, I got along with them from the get go. So I, I, I started working with them to, to do that. And that, that brought a revenue stream in, which was fun, but, but at the heart of it for me was, was, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting these words to people that, that want them and, and maybe can't afford an original piece of art. I continue to work with those guys. Um, they manage me now and, and bring me opportunities. They handle all my prints. They've evolved along with me and, and they have a company, you know what I mean? So that's been a great process. Um, the one thing I'll say is through this entire growth is I've always stayed true to my roots. Like I said, it was very altruistic when I started, like I have never painted and pasted and, 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 and uh, words onto a wall that I thought would be popular or this would look great on a t-shirt. Like I'll never do that. Like if I do that, I think I'm crossing a line into advertising, you know what I mean? And saying, you know, this, this, this isn't like how it, how it started, even working with companies, which I do a lot. That's another revenue stream for me is what has to happen is they have to allow me to do what I do. Um, instead of telling me, this is what we wanted to say. The moment they say that, I walk away. I go, you're talking to the wrong artist. Like, like I get what you're trying to do. I worked in advertising. So just tell me your objectives and I'll go away and come up with a creative idea that fulfills Wordsmith, 
you know, that, that does resonate with something in my life, but also speaks to, to what the company is trying to do. And, and anytime a company has allowed me to do that and I found the synergy and, and we work together, it's been a massive success. It's always exceeded their expectations, but I think that's because it, it is true to my roots. You know what I mean? Um, I think my audience is very smart and savvy and it's not just my audience. It's, it's people today are smart and savvy. They can smell advertising from a mile away. So, so I, I, I'll never do that. You know what I mean? I'll never put a slogan on a wall or, or whatnot. Um, and I've said no to some companies that would surprise people. I say no, as much as I say yes, which is, which is always going to be that way because I will never cross that line into into something that's not true to my roots. Yeah, you've been featured. Um, um, you've been featured in Forbes. You've been featured in on you know CBS, uh, LA Weekly, yes. Huffington Post, Los Angeles Magazine, Hollywood Reporter, Flaunt. I, I could go on and on for the the media outlets and the attention that um, you've received. Um, but speaking to you know, corporations and companies that have sought to, to hire you. Um, you've done work, if I'm not mistaken, with like Lululemon, right? In store or things like that. Yeah. And, and what's yeah, the I've, I've had a balance really, for that? Uh, yeah, I've had a really great uh, relationship with Lululemon. Um, and that's just uh, one of the companies, but they're such a great company because of that. They allow me to do what I do and, and they gravitate toward those inspirational messages. Uh, but, but we collaborate, you know what I mean? Like they, they tell me what's happening and I've worked with them in Chicago. And then I worked with the flagship store in, you know, New York city and Manhattan and, and worked, uh, putting pieces in their stores and then all the way to doing, you know, major events. Like we did a t-shirt that, you know, I came up with the words and, and it was, it was along their, their lines or their mission statement of, of what they're trying to do. And, and we, we produced this shirt and proceeds went to charity and, and it was just an, a fantastic experience. So, so that's them coming to me. Like I, I don't chase um, any, any of those kinds of opportunities. Like even my people don't like, I, I've been very lucky. And I think it's because of that, that awareness and just, just people, you know, knowing and seeing my work and finding out about my work that that these kind of opportunities come to me and and we weed through them and and figure out um you know what is right and and who gets it and and who's going to allow me to do what i do um does that answer your question yeah for sure and um this is probably the the curveball question here for you so you had you had touched on Instagram and obviously social media platforms are evolving and looking to monetize, you know, the the followers and um, the influencers. And so they're continually finding ways to, you know, reduce the reach so they can monetize that. And so What's it look like you to spread the word in the, the future? And you might not be able to answer this question because you might not know, but um, are you going to continue on Instagram? Like what's, what's the future hold for, for you showcasing your work? Is, is it Instagram? Is it Twitter? Is it something else? Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly what it is. Like I've seen the frustration in the, or I've been frustrated with the changes in Instagram like everybody has. Um, but I just kind of look away from them. You know what I mean? Uh, 
uh, if, if specifically like I'm not playing their games, like, like I've never done any sponsored ads or anything like that. And I won't, you know what I mean? I want everything to be organic and, and if that stalls the growth for a while, because I, I can say I've kind of seen, you know what I mean? Not, not, just, I mean, there's different types of growth. Like I know I'm still growing and, and my awareness, people are finding me every day, but, but that's because I am in the streets and people turn a corner and, and, you know, there, there are my words, you know what I mean? To affect them. And, and then they go down that rabbit rabbit hole of what is wordsmith? What is this? No vowels wordsmith. And then if they Google me, they fall down a rabbit hole of Holy smokes. You know what I mean? Look, look at, look at this, this body of work and look, look at this person. However, I've seen the the stagnation as far as Instagram is concerned. Um, and, and I, and I will express that frustration because for a while it was an incredible platform. It wasn't even a platform. It was a springboard. You know what I mean? It's the, the growth, like I said, was happening on a daily basis. So to answer your question, I am frustrated. I think everybody is, but I don't dwell on it. I just kind of look away from it and continue to do what I do. Uh, will something else pop up? Probably. I mean, I mean, seven, eight years ago, we were talking about Tumblr and, and I, mean, I guess MySpace was gone already, but we were talking about Facebook. Like, uh, I, I don't, Tumblr's gone. I think it's gone. And Facebook is, is awful. You know what I mean? Um, so, so Instagram was fantastic, you know what I mean? And, and will there be something else that's fantastic? I think so. I hope so. And, and I'll figure that out as I go, but, but, but is it needed? I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm still going to do the work that I do. I'm still going to, um, put, put work in the streets and have people discover me in the most organic way possible. If what there's inspiring the, words. The, yeah, no, sorry. Go ahead. The only thing I was going to say is, uh, and it's an interesting point, and, and I, I think I'm realizing it as I talk, is I don't know if the opportunity, like those companies coming to me and the installs and even the commissions were coming to me because of Instagram. You know what I mean? There was a lot of, oh, here's the body of work. Here's his contact information. I can DM him or he has his email on it, and those messages came my way. I don't know if that will continue to you know happen if Instagram keeps you know going down downhill. I mean, the funny thing is I'm on Facebook too. The percentage of messages, like I don't get, I hardly get any via Facebook. So that might be Instagram's future. I mean, they're owned by Facebook. So I think a lot of people would agree that Facebook was ruined through the years. So Instagram might be going down that road and, and I'll see it and deal with it then if I see the, the opportunity, you know, kind of dwindling. But, but again, I mean, there, there will be other platforms, you know what I mean? But what those are, nobody knows. Nobody knows at this juncture. For anyone who's listening to this, whether they're running a business and they're, they're looking at risks of doing something creative in whatever line of work that they have or industry that they're in, or whether there's someone that has a, a flair for an artistic uh, angle that they want to you know, aspire to do something, what would be your suggestion for anyone? I mean, let's just say like in some inspiring words for anyone who's looking to go out there and take a risk and, and be creative. Uh, I know exact answer to this question because I just in, in the in last late last year turned it into a piece um, because it was advice that I gave to anybody if I was sitting across the table with them having a beer or if I was you know, asked, you know what I mean, in, in, an, in an email or, or even on a podcast like this. 
um, the same thing kept coming out of my mouth. So I turned it into a piece. And those words are, do it for yourself, do what makes you happy, do what you love, and then hope what you do resonates with others. And I'll repeat that if you want, but I can't tell you how much is embedded in those words because it's, it's I alluded to it before, like, like any endeavor that you undertake, you know what I mean? Creative or business, there is that risk. There is that, that, that diving into a pool of unknown. So if you're doing it for yourself and it's, if it's making you happy, it's going to help you know, the daily, weekly, monthly process. Um, if it's, if it's, if you're trying to emulate something like, like I'll, I'll say like a musician, if you're trying to be the next so-and-so and sound like them, you're going nowhere. You know what I mean? If you're trying to do something that doesn't make you happy, you think, Oh, this will just make me money. You're going to end up resenting it at some point in time. You have to be satisfying yourself and making yourself happy on a daily basis and then if success comes from that, there is no greater thrill in the world. I, I can attest to that. And, and it's just a beautiful thing. And it sounds too good to be true, but, 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 but if you're trying anything and you're happy along the way, happiness, you know what I mean? I know it's all about, you know, the bottom line and putting, you know, food on the table and paying for the bills. Everybody has to do that. But, but, I, I can't tell you the, the the joy that will come from success if it's if it's also making you happy, if it's also doing something that you believe in and and you've always dreamt about. One of my earliest pieces and most popular pieces is Dream Bigger. You know what I mean? And and it's just it's just so true that that so many times people are are in a cubicle or in an office and they're like, God, I would love to write a book or I would love to you know, paint, or I would love to do anything. It's, it's, you only live once, you know what I mean? And, and uh, what are you doing if you're not trying, you know what I mean? And, and you'd be surprised how, how it will make you happy and, and who knows where will come from it, from, from, from there. I love it. That's my be advice. Be authentic and do it for yourself. I love it. Um, you've got a lot of really great art and you have a book. Um, and you also have, you know, shirts, hoodies, all kinds of stuff, pens that people can, uh, can get a piece of your art to have in their home. Where would they find you? And I know there's a, you've got a lot of stuff here, so let's break it down to, to smaller chunks. Um, where can sure. they find you online? Like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, any of those things. Like where can they go to find you and, and, and follow you? All of that uh, comes from, uh, goes back to just the name Wordsmith, and it's Wordsmith with no vowels. So it's W-R-D-S-M-T-H, and if you put that into Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, Google, you'll, again, go down that rabbit hole. I've been very lucky, and, and I came up with that moniker in the beginning, and removing the vowels became just the way that, that it just rises up on all those search engines and, and I own it on Instagram, I own it on Twitter. So, so that's easy, you know what I mean? To find me. Um, if you're talking, you know, wares and t-shirt and prints and, and, and things of that nature, wordsmith.com is my website. It's, it's run created with the, with the team that I spoke about. And there is everything from art, part of my story, um, 
there is there's a there's a shop with with apparel and prints and pins. There is a place to buy my novel, both in hardback and paperback. Um, and there's a place to contact me, you know, with any inquiries, even if you want to say, hey, hi, hello. Or if you had a specific question um, and whatnot, I'm, I'm there to answer it. And those messages come to me. You know what I mean? I do have a team that that we, we work through that website, but I see all the messages that happen. So so anybody can can contact me that way. And your website is wrdsmth.com. That's correct. Wordsmith with no vowels. Okay. And then your, your, your published novel, The Holden Age of Hollywood, that's where they can go to get a copy for themselves yeah. as well, right? Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, that, that's interesting because when I first wrote that novel, like it was, uh, uh, it, it won some awards and it got great reviews. However, nobody knew who I was. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the trouble of a first time artist. Um, but the beauty in this whole story is um, seven years later, um, I went to the publisher and we relaunched the book under the authorship of Wordsmith. So that copy that is on the site is, 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 uh, is a new and improved and by Wordsmith with a forward from Wordsmith. And it's opened that story, that, that amazing novel that I wrote that I love so much. It was my firstborn. It's, it's presented it to a whole new audience, and that's been thrilling over the last year and a half. Phil, I really appreciate the time that you've taken to uh, speak with us today. Um, I am excited to see what comes out from your creativity in the future. And uh, I'd love to thank you for say, taking some time today to be on this podcast. Cool. It's been fun. It was a good conversation. And um, I'm glad you asked me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Biz Power Hour. If you find value in the content we produce, please leave a kind review inside iTunes or go to the Google Play Store. You can also sign up to receive notifications when new episodes air by visiting www.bizpowerhour.com. The Biz Power Hour is produced by Built by Love and hosted by Daniel Bushes. You can learn more about Built by Love, an award-winning marketing agency at builtbylove.agency and about the show host, Daniel Bushes at danielbushes.com. Details regarding our show guests can be found within the show notes. Until the next episode, we wish you business success.